Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossit.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I, just, I want you all to see something. This is, this is, this is awesome. Hallelujah. We're not done praising God. <laughs> I'll tell you. Hallelujah. When we get a... When I... I'll, I'll say it for myself. When I really get a revelation of praise, things will shift. Hallelujah. Because praise is not about me. That's the first thing we got to understand. It is not about me. It affects me. <laughs> but it's not about me. It's good to praise God. God, I praise you for this. And I praise you for that. I praise you for taking care of me. All of that is wonderful. But there's another place. I praise you because you are God. I praise you because you woke me up. I praise you because you are God. Period. You are the creator of all things. See, when, you, when we praise Him to the, in that realm... It's not even it's not about me anymore. When I praise him for my stuff, which I do praise him for my stuff. I thank him for my stuff. I thank him I got more fishing rods than I can fish with. I thank him I got a bag full of baits that I some of them never touched the water. I praise him for that. I praise him for it that I got food on my table. But when we go past, there's a place past that where we praise Him just because He is. Just because He is God. The title of this word is Savor the Savior. Savor the Savior. <laughs> Savor means to taste and enjoy completely to experience to delight in enjoy the moment you know y'all all know I like to eat some chocolate I can catch myself eating it too fast and not savoring chocolate 
I'm learning to slow down and savor it. Really taste it. The same is with God. We have to slow down and savor Him. Savor His presence. Oh, taste and see that He is good. Philippians chapter 4, verse 11 is where we start. This is Paul, and he says, Not, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am in, therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Then verse 13 says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. He says, I know how to praise God when I have enough. I know how to praise God when I don't have enough. And I know how to be content. I know how to represent Jesus. That's what that says. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. That's what I saw in that verse right there. Is he says, basically saying, I know how to represent Jesus in every situation that I face. Let's put that up there. Philippians 4.13. You know, I've always looked at that. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can teach whenever I don't know how to teach. I can preach when I don't know how. I can sing when I don't know how. And that's all wonderful. But what I really see when he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, is I know how to represent him. I know how to represent Jesus regardless of my circumstances. I know how to let Jesus be seen when I have abundance and I know how to let Jesus be seen when I don't hardly have enough. I know how to let Jesus be seen in me. Hmm. Verse 13 is actually praise. Did you know that? It's praise. Because he's saying, he's saying, I know Christ. I know him. And I know how to let him be seen. I know he's going to take care of me in the, in the good times. And I know he's taking care of me in the bad times. And I know how to let that happen. I know how to let him shine. Hallelujah. You see... Paul's life wasn't a bed of roses. Paul had a, had a tough time. People always after him. But he says, I know how to walk in victory. That's what that means right there. Let's go to Psalms 150 verse 1. Psalms 150, verse 1. 
says, praise ye the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. That's here. We praise God here. We praise Him in His sanctuary. This is His house. It's built for the purpose of an encounter with God. That's the only reason this place is built. It wasn't built so that we could just all come together and fellowship. It's built so we can fellowship with Him. That's what it was built for. So we praise Him in the sanctuary. Let's go to Psalms 23. I like Psalms 23. Psalms 23. This whole, from verse 1 through verse 6, is nothing but praise. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That is praise. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Praise. He restoreth my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. There's nothing but praise. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. That is nothing but praise. He's doing nothing but praising God. Then it says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runs over. Nothing but praise. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Praise. The whole psalm is praise. That one I read a while ago says we praise him in his sanctuary. We praise him in the presence of our enemies. Verse 5. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. We partake of God's goodness when the enemy is all around. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's declare that I will feast at your table set before me. in the presence of my enemies. I will feast at your table set before me in the presence of my enemies. Your enemies aren't sitting at the table. So if you're sitting at the table your enemies are behind you. You know, you don't never turn your back on your enemy. Unless God's got your back. <laughs> then you can sit down and eat at his table with them behind you. Hallelujah. I will feast and partake. Let's try that one. Of what you have for me now. What you have for me now. 
surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. You ever thought about it? But about everything in the Bible is conditional. It's conditional. We've been taught nothing is automatic. Surely goodness and follow shall, and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely goodness and mercy doesn't follow you if you're out here going your own way. It follows you when you're praising God and seeking Him. Then His goodness and mercy follows you. See, praise is following God. It's amazing. You watch the sports world. People jump and shout and holler over a ball player. They know his name. They know his number. They know how tall he is, how big he is, how much he weighs. They know what he eats. They know everything in the world about him. He knows nothing about them. But they're praising him. They're following him. And he knows absolutely nothing. He does not know they exist on the planet. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with watching ball games. There's not. But if, if you're a child of God and you, you know more about a ball player than you do Jesus, there's a problem. Jesus is the one that died on the cross. Jesus is the one that gives us victory. Jesus is the one that makes a way where there seems to be no way. So I think that's where my praise goes. Hallelujah. So we have to savor the Savior. Hebrews 13, 5 says that Jesus says he will never leave us or forsake us. In other words, he's with us in every situation. He is with me in every situation. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So I have to praise him when things are going right. And I praise him when things are going wrong. I praise him when things are going right. And I praise him when it's going wrong. So we have to lay our emotions down. Because when things are not going right, when they're going wrong, we get all up in our emotions and we think we can't praise God. You got to praise him anyway. You got to lay those down, Miss Sue, and praise him anyway. Praise him when I know what to do. That's an easy one. I praise him when I know what to do. How about I praise him when I don't know what to do? I praise him when my friends love me. 
Thank you, Lord, I got friends. I praise Him when my friends talk about me behind my back. How about that one? Y'all see the pattern? <laughs> praise, 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 praise. And then praise some more. Hallelujah. I didn't even, don't even have that scripture. Sister Charlotte said that he calls our, our praise a garment. In other words, we put it on. That's interesting. He doesn't put it on us. We put it on. We choose to praise him. It's a choice. I'm not saying it's always an easy choice, but it is still a choice. We choose to praise him. Let's go to Psalms 34, verse 1. If we want to know when we're supposed to praise God, this answers that question. 34, 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. It doesn't say I will praise Him when everything is going my way. I will praise Him when my kids act right. I will praise Him when I got enough money. I will praise Him. It says I will praise Him at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Go to verse 8. It says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. When we praise God through everything, we're telling God that I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. Verse 9 says, O fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. There is no want to them that fear him. Let's go to Psalms 37. Verse 1. We'll start there. It says, Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. Fret. In our English, we t the word fret, we think of it as worry. Not in this word. It means to be ablaze to blaze up, to be angry. He said, don't let, that, don't let that fire rise up in you because of evildoers. Don't get mad at them. Don't let that fire rise up in you. When the fire rises up, we want to get revenge. He said, don't do that. He says, fret not 
verse 4. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. And then in verse 7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not. There it is again. Thyself because of him who prospers in his way. Because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. You know, we get upset when we see the wicked prosper. We do. We, we want to get upset when they, when they prosper. But God says, don't worry about that. Don't let that get in you. But that ver- word, wait, in verse 7, it means to dance and travail. That seems like two opposite things. I'm going to dance before God and I'm going to travail. But it's not. Dancing. When we praise God and we get, in our, we get up here and we dance and we jump and we really praise God, we are travailing. We are waging war. We are waging war in the Spirit. Who was it a while ago said our praise is a weapon? Is that Sister Charlotte? I think so. Exactly right. That's what that scripture says. When I wait upon the Lord, when I praise Him amidst all the evil going on around me, when I praise Him, I'm actually in travail. I am waging war against the enemy see our dance is not when we get up here and praise God when I dance before God or you dance before God it's not even about you you're waging war you're doing spiritual warfare why do you think the devil fights it so hard you can go anywhere you can go to I'll just tell you we uh, when we went on vacation we went with our son and his wife down to to the beach where they had a 4th of July or before 4th of July celebration there at this town they had a band playing playing what blues they were attempting to play blues We had our lawn chairs. We were waiting on the fireworks. We had our lawn chairs, our chairs set out, waiting on the fireworks. And you'd be surprised at the people amongst all those strangers that would get up there in front of everybody doing their little side shuffle, doing their little dancing. And did not care. The devil does not care. We, people can do that in front of everybody, and it's okay. But the devil fights the Christian praising God. He fights it tooth and nail because he knows it's a weapon of war. It's a weapon of war, Monica. <laughs> he fought me big time. It's like, but no, he's not getting it back. Verse 9. 
It says, An evildoer shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord shall inherit the earth. Those that wait. That word means bind together. Those that bind together with God will inherit the earth. See, when we praise God, we're coming into agreement with heaven because heaven's praising God. When we praise God, we're coming into agreement with heaven. We're being bound up with what's going on in heaven. And when we do that, our expectation begins to rise. There's an expectation that rises up in you. There's an authority that rises up in you when you begin to praise God. There is an authority that rises up in you when you praise God. Say it out. Say it again. I said because we start believing. Exactly. It stirs you. It stirs you. It stirs something in you. It stirs that fire of God in you. If, you, if you, that fire in you is, is going out or you feel like there's not hardly anything there but maybe a little coal, the way you stir it up is praise God. Amen. You start praising God, the wind of God begins to blow in there. The wind of God begins to blow in there. Next thing you know, that coal is not... Y'all ever seen a coal? I know you have. It's, it's just kind of a dull red. You blow on it. What happens to it? It brightens up. Then next thing you know, you blow on it some more. It, it brightens up some more. And you blow on it again. The thing bursts into flames. That's the way praise works. Praise stirs that fire in you. It stirs it up. I'll just tell you, you can't praise God and leave the same. You cannot really praise God and leave the same. If you leave the same, I'm just going to say it. You may have went through the motions, but you really didn't praise Him. When we praise God, we have an encounter with Him. And when you have an encounter with God, you leave changed. You leave changed. Because Praise connects you with the oh shakata. Praise connects you with the Lord God Almighty. The one that Pastor Dana said earlier sometime that he spoke and light was. Praise connects you to him. <laughs> Praise connects you to the creator of all things. Hallelujah.
Let's look at Psalms 35. David, David went through some stuff. You know, we think that we go through some stuff, and we do. But you look at what David did. What is David known for? He's known for dancing before God. He's known for praising God. He's known for, even when his wife tried to shut him down, he says, I'm going to be worse than this. So, in other words, if you don't want to see it, don't look. Because <laughs> I'm fixing to get ugly with my praise. He's known as an adulterer, but that's not what we hear most of the time. We hear about how he connected with God, how he praised God. That's what we hear. Because that's what he did. Psalms 35, verse 1. This is David. He says, Plead my cause, O Lord, with them that strive with me. In other words, he's got somebody that's causing him some problems. Verse 11. It says, false witnesses did rise up, and they laid my charge things that I knew not. They rewarded me evil for good to the spoiling of my soul. But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled my soul with fasting, and my prayer returned unto mine own bosom. David's got people that's coming against him. They're striving against him. They're talking about him. This is what I'm talking about a while ago. Can you praise God when your enemies talk about you? He says, I, when they were sick, I fasted and prayed for them. I fasted and prayed for them. And then what do they do? They turn around and talk about me. Let's go on down. Verse 18 says, I will give thee thanks in the great congregation. I will praise thee among much people. Even though they're coming against him, they're talking about him, they're slandering him, he still says, I will praise you, God. I will praise you right in the middle of it. Let's go on down to verse 28. Let's go to 21. It says, yea, they opened their mouth wide against me. In other words, they're still talking about him. He says, I praise you in verse 18. Then we go to 21. They're still talking about him. And then we go on down to verse 28. It says, my tongue shall speak of thy righteousness and of thy praise all the day long. David praised God when everything was going right and David praised God right in the middle of everything going wrong he praised God but you know David walked in victory Amen. David walked in victory when you read about David it's victory 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 yeah he had some defeats but most of it was victory victory Victory, victory here, victory there. Victory, victory. Because he praised God in the middle of everything.
Hallelujah. That right there. He's a man after God's own heart, as Minister Andy said. You can't be a man after God's own heart without praising Him. They go together. Psalms 22, verse 1. So that wasn't just one incident with David. Here's another one. How about this one? David says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Hmm. It's pretty bad when you're crying out and asking God, Why has he forsaken you? He's in something. Something is not going his way. He says, Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring. In other words, he's not being quiet about it. He's not in his closet saying, God, why don't you show up? He's saying, God, where are you? Why aren't you showing up for me? He's not being quiet. He says it's his roaring. A lion doesn't roar softly. He's crying out, God, why have you forsaken me? Verse 2 says, Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not. And in the night season, and am silent. It says, I cry in the daytime, and I cry at night, and I don't hear you. Verse 3. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Two verses of hollering, where are you, God? In the third verse, and God still hadn't answered him. And then the third verse, I praise you. You inhabit my praises. David had, David had something. David, David knew something. See, praise shifts our focus. It really does. Praise shifts my focus. If I'm looking at my problem, I'm not looking up to the hills where my help comes from. Praise shifts our focus. Let's go to verse 6. Here he is again. Still the same script, same chapter. It says, but I, but I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men and despised of the people. That's what David said about himself. Verse 12 and 13. Many bulls have compassed me. Strong bulls of Bashan have beset me round about. They gaped upon me with their mouths as a ravening and a roaring lion. When it talks about the bulls circling him, what it's actually talking about there is that people have come with their words to break him. That's what the word bulls means. It means to break, to violate, to frustrate, to divide. They have come to tear him down. 
verse 15, he says, my strength is dried up. But then we come on down to verse 22. I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. Ye that fear the Lord, praise him. Verse 23. See, there is a connection between fearing God and praising God. There is a connection between fearing God and praising God. I'm, I'm not so sure that we, we can actually really praise God if we don't fear Him. Or maybe I should put it, we praise Him to the degree that we fear Him. And I'm not talking about being afraid and running scared. I'm talking about honor and respect and reverence. That's what fear actually means in that verse. It means honor, respect, and reverence. Let's go to Proverbs 9, 10. Says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. For by me thy days shall be multiplied, and the years of thy life shall be increased. When we fear God, we praise God. When we praise God, wisdom comes. You know, sometimes we may we're asking God for a word. Have you praised Him? Have you just simply praised Him? Have you given Him honor and respect and praised Him? Because when we fear Him, we praise Him. When we praise Him, wisdom comes. Hallelujah. Let's go to Psalms 47. It says, Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. I think Pastor Danham said that a while ago. He may have sung it. I think so. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Shout actually means to split the ears. Does your, does your shout, when you're standing by somebody, does it make them want to move away because you're so loud? That's what it means. It means to split the ears with a voice of triumph. There's a voice of proclamation. That's what triumph means. That's a voice to proclaim Jesus is Lord. 
means to shout for joy. It also means, when I looked it up in the concordance, it says to make a straddleless sound. And I didn't know what the word meant. I may not even know if I'm saying it right. But I looked it up anyway to see what it meant. A straddleless sound. It means a shrill, grating sound. What I saw there, you know how ladies respond when somebody scratches on a chalkboard? What I saw there is when we praise God, we're scratching on the devil's chalkboard. It irritates him. It irritates him. When we really praise God, it irritates him. It gets on his nerves. So when the enemy's coming at you trying to get on your nerves, praise God. You start praising God, guess what? You get on his nerves then. You flip that table around. Praise steals the avenger. Hallelujah. When we praise God, it gets on the devil's nerves. Hallelujah. <laughs> he can't take it. So that's what we do. We praise Him. I've got a question for you. What street do you live on? You live on Depression Avenue? <laughs> do you live on Poverty Boulevard? Used to. Used to. Do you live on Lack Lane? <laughs> hmm. Do you live on Hopeless Cul-de-Sac? tell you where God wants us to live. God wants us to live on Praise Street. God wants us to live on Praise Street. The way we move from those other streets is we praise God. I choose to praise God when I'm depressed. I choose to praise God when my, in, when my friends talk about me. I choose to praise God anyway. I choose to praise God when my checkbook, you know. <laughs> I choose to praise God anyway. And that moves me if I'm depressed and I praise God, I move over here on Praise Street. If I'm, in, if I'm in lack and I praise God, I move over here on Praise Street. All the, it works that way. We just move right on over. That's how God moves us. 
You know, in Deuteronomy, I think it is, where God says, I set before you life and death. Choose life. He told us to choose life. I'm going to give you a simple solution to choosing life. And I think you already know. Praise God. When we praise Him, we are choosing life. We're choosing life. When we praise Him, there's an authority that gets stirred up in you. When we praise God, there's an authority that comes with it. There's an authority that gets stirred up in you where you can take authority over things in Jesus' name. But if you don't praise God, if devil's, devil can keep you down, and you're, you're down, he's got you down and whooped. He's got his foot on you. And you're, you're laying down there, in Jesus, in Jesus. But when you start praising God, there's an authority that rises up and it goes, in Jesus' name, I command you to get. There's an authority that rises up in you, Miss Sue. When we praise God, there's an authority that shakes the gates of hell. So we're going to praise God. I want to invite you to come praise Him. I tell, I'm going to tell you all a little bit about Wednesday night. Because I was teaching, I was already planning to teach this today, but I ended up teaching it some Wednesday night. You know, we were singing a song. We were praising God before we, we had our lesson, and we were singing a song, and it talked about shouting unto God with a voice of triumph. I told them, I says, I, I could hear myself, I could hear Pastor Dana. And we're singing, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. I could hear Minister Rhonda a little bit. But it's like, the enemy will trick us into thinking that I don't have to. That what I'm doing is enough. That is a major tactic of the enemy what I'm doing is enough if what you're doing is not getting results it's not enough if what you're doing is not shaking the gates of hell it's not enough Amen. hallelujah do I still have to step out and do things yes I do I sung a song this morning. <laughs> I'm like, well, during, during prayer time, there was a song that come up. Okay, God, here we go. It's like I don't, write, don't really care if anybody likes the way it sounds. You got to get there. 
because it ain't about you. It ain't about me. It's about him. So there's something. There was a shift in me this morning just because I'm I'm singing, and I know I can't sing. I can halfway carry it. Carry a tune, maybe. But I'm going to make this real simple. The word hallelujah, you know what hallelujah means? It means praise the Lord. It means God be praised. So I'm going to invite you down. We're going to sing. Pastor Dan is going to play, and we're going to just praise God. And I just... I challenge you to step out and praise God. I challenge you to irritate the person with, beside you. Because you're, loud, you're so loud that it's like they're either going to have to move away or they're going to have to get louder. So I challenge you to praise God. And if you don't know what to say, just shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah in itself is a mouthful. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed in Jesus' name.